As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, just a day or two from now, we will be on a plane, we'll be landing, we'll be in (laughs) Indianapolis, just dropping knowledge for our listeners and, and subscribers on the site. That's right. I am super pumped about it, Chad. I know you are too. It's going to be a, a tremendous experience. Not only am I interested in going, and but I'm interested in breaking the, the monotony of the NFL news cycle right now. Nothing has come out about the Broncos since this Flacco trade. We're dying for news right now. We're going to get it this week. It's going to be a really good time. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Now, not to make our listeners too peanut butter and jelly, okay, but <laughs> in three days' time, basically, from when we're recording this podcast, yours truly Zach Kelberman, together, we're going to be standing in the same room within arm's reach of John Elway, of Vic Fangio, of all the giants of the NFL, and plus all the, the, the prospects coming up trying to make a name for themselves in the pre-draft process and you know really try and make it somewhere in the NFL, hear their name called on draft day. We're really looking forward to and relishing the opportunity to bring you our, the, not only the coverage, but the insight, the analysis, the buzz we pick up along the way. So it's, it's going to be a gas, bro. It is, and I hope we can glean some insight from the Broncos, even though they're uh, not permitted to talk about Joe Flacco, so that's going to be interesting how they duck those questions, but yep. hopefully about their, their free agency plans, their, their plans for the draft. Elway is always tight-lipped, but uh, it's going to be so fascinating to see how he operates and his, his mechanisms and his you know his his gestures in person and, and see if we can decipher anything there. So we're going to break it down. We're going to bring everything to Broncos country. It is going to be very, very exciting. They call it body language for a reason, and so right. we're going to be in person deciphering that for you our great listeners of the show and today monday's episode kicking off a new week an exciting week of coverage here on the huddle up podcast we got some interesting topics to digest and and dissect uh but before we do a couple of quick matters of business to cover you guys make sure you are following the show on twitter never has it been more important to follow the show on twitter than now at huddle up pod why you want to be, I mean, you want to talk about being engaged, having your finger on the pulse in real time. We're going to be in Indianapolis all week long. I mean, the easiest way is to follow the show. If you want to stay up to date on everything we're learning, all the information we're picking up, 
Follow the show. It's going to be real easy at Huddle Up Pod. Also, take some time. Our goal is to get our reviews and ratings on iTunes into the triple digits. We're sitting somewhere in the mid-80s right now. If you have not taken the time to do that, we'd really appreciate you. Take some time. Open up iTunes. Find the pod. Leave a creative review. Give us a five-star rating. Help vault the show and help us grow and reach new listeners. That's one thing you can do. Aside from that, as always, when you like what you hear, share it out on social media. Retweet us on Twitter. Share us on Facebook and any other social media that you're using, Reddit. Whatever's hot amongst the kids these days, share it out. Help us grow. That's another easy thing you can do when you like something that that we're talking about. Hey, everybody, if you've been thinking about pulling the trigger on becoming a Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports VIP subscriber, but you haven't quite gotten over the hump, now's the time. Starting Monday and ending Tuesday night, the final week of February, you can get six months of Mile High Huddle VIP for the price of one. For less than 10 bucks, you can get locked in on all things Broncos for the next half year. That takes you through the combine, through free agency signing period, through the draft, through offseason training, through training camp and preseason, and into September when the 2019 football season kicks off in earnest. So stop what you're doing and go to milehighhuddle.com right now, click on the green banner, and sign up using the monthly option, and you'll automatically get five additional months added to your subscription for free. Don't wait. Don't waste this golden opportunity to get access to our VIP-only Friday mailbags. Zach and I will be in Indy all week, hot on the combine trail of what's happening with your Denver Broncos in the draft. And believe me when I say, if you don't have access to the MHH Insiders Forum, you're going to be missing out a lot. VIP-only. This is a no-brainer. Go capitalize on this hot sale. All right, so we're going to start off. I wrote an article over the weekend uh, that touched on if you use SpotTrack, now SpotTrack.com, there's two really great websites that we utilize as football analysts for salary cap, for contract uh, information that's accurate. And it's SpotTrack.com and then also OverTheCap.com. OverTheCap is really a, a phenomenal website. So I'm going to talk about SpotTrack. We're going to utilize SpotTrack today. But OverTheCap has been really friendly toward our website over the years. So this is taking nothing away from them. But SpotTrack has a cool uh, tool called the Cap Spending uh, Full Roster Tool. So basically what it is is you can go team by team, and SpotTrack will break down for you how each team has invested their cap dollars on a position-by-position basis, and then they'll show you where that ranks within the NFL. So what I did over the weekend is, you know, we're all trying to get as many hints as we possibly can, right, Zach, on what the Broncos are going to do in free agency. Right, we're on the trail. We're picking up breadcrumbs. We're trying to figure out which way, which direction this this ship is going. So, with regard to that, you kind of look at where they're ranked the lowest, right? So, for example, the premise of the article I published on the website was there was a few positions, one of which is the offensive line, which we'll talk about, in which the Broncos are the or have the they're the thirtieth in the NFL in terms of cap dollars invested in the offensive line. They only have seventeen million. So, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about that. What does that mean, the implication? So we're going to talk about that today in the first segment of the show. And we'll start with the outlier. Now, this is kind of a false positive because the Denver Broncos currently have $40 million, a little over, in cap invested in the quarterback position, which in the NFL would rank them or currently ranks them number one. The reason, obviously, though, Zach, it's a false positive is because the Broncos are going to clear at least a minimum of $11 million of that off when they – it, by cutting Keenum, and if they're, they're able to trade Case Keenum, 
they'll be able to clear 18 of that 40 million off the books. So that's not a number that's going to stick throughout the 2019 season, but it does show you right now that the Broncos, they do have some urgency to come to some kind of a resolution with Case Keenum so that they can free that money up for free agency. Yeah, it's a little bloated right now, and obviously they're not going to keep both at their current rates. But keep in mind, if they're forced to release Keenum, they're going to eat $10 million in dead money. So whether they, you know, his salary or the dead money charges, their Broncos are going to be paying Keenum or paying for him in some way uh, next season. But look at Garrett Grayson there, $570,000. Talk about a value. Imagine if he can step up and become a Broncos uh, quarterback, you know, contender for that job. That'd be interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah once uh, Keenum comes off the books, they're going to have some more money to play around with for sure. So Garrett Grayson was a guy that I actually had a little bit higher hopes for and expectations for what he might be able to achieve at the NFL level when he came out of CSU in 2015. He went to the Senior Bowl. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, he ended up as a third-round pick of Mm -hmm. the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, he kind of flamed out there quite quickly, but he was a prolific quarterback at at uh, CSU and just hadn't worked out in Denver you know he kind of came in toward the tail end of the season after the Broncos cut bait with Chad Kelly we haven't really been able to see him thus in a competitive situation pushing Kevin Hogan for any you know second team reps or anything like that so you know we'll see what the future holds for a guy like Garrett Grayson obviously that's going to be extremely dependent and contingent on what the Broncos do in the draft because if they do indeed draft a player high a quarterback then one of these one of these quarterbacks if not two of them are going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to final cutdown even with Joe Flacco on the roster yeah, you could say uh, Grayson's just a camp body for now, but you never know what these backup types. I mean, look at Trevor Simeon. You had a guy who was a seventh-round pick. He became a starter, and statistically, he was not much worse than Case Keenum was. So I believe it doesn't bode well for the for Grayson, though, his future in Denver. Whenever the Broncos do draft a quarterback or acquire another one, as they did with Flacco, he's going to probably be the, the short end of the stick guy to get cut before training camp. But it'd be interesting to see if he can pan out. He's a local kid. Um, I liked his tape in college, too, but I think he's just— a, a developmental type uh, for the very near future. Yeah, his ceiling is probably you know spot starter as far as is Garrett Grayson, but you know, at the, best the the book on him was he had you know he was a good deep ball thrower, he was an accurate thrower, kind of had a funky wind up, um, or I should say kind of a kind of an awkward release. So his scouts weren't quite sure what to make of his college numbers because there was a lot of weird stuff as it related to the to the yards after catch and stuff like that. So it was interesting. You would think he could go to New Orleans, and even though he's behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, you would think that in a quarterback-friendly, you know, offensive-centric culture like that with Sean Payton that he could thrive. But anyway, we're probably spending way too much time talking about Gary Grayson <laughs> on this podcast. So let's move it along. So that's the quarterback position as it relates. The Broncos currently 20% of their salary cap tied up on the quarterback position, number one in the NFL. Second is running back. We're just going to go through. This isn't in terms of where it's ranked, but just in order here. Quarterback and then running back, four players counting towards $2.7 million in cap that's only 1.42% of the total salary cap tied up in running backs, which ranks 28th in the NFL. And Zach, as I wrote in the actual article, this is one of the positions I touched on, this isn't anything to write home about because the Broncos are actually in a pretty fortunate position with regard to the running back position because you got two, well, three pl- young players on cost-controlled contracts, 
Booker's going into, Devontae Booker going into a contract year this season, but you still, the Broncos, have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman on cost-controlled deals for at least the next three seasons. So I wouldn't expect them to use uh, any of their valuable cap dollars this season, Zach, on bringing in some kind of veteran or spending money at the position. No, you have a pro bowler and a dependable starter when he's healthy under contract for pennies. I mean, this is one of the best deals in the NFL. They also have Janovich, the, one of the best fullbacks in the NFL under contract. So as a whole, the Broncos' backfield is a steal right now, and they're not going to throw around dollars until they have to. If Lindsey continues to perform like he did last year, he's going to get a pretty big contract, but they're going to keep him under his rookie deal for as long as they can. Yeah, I mean, the only caveat here that I could see possibly shaking up the running back position from a free agency perspective is if there is some sort of setback or complication to Philip Lindsay's recovery from that wrist surgery. Knockwood. Yeah, Knockwood. I'm you know, not trying to voodoo this situation at all, but that would be the only scenario in which I could see the Broncos bringing in an outside body. And if they did, it would be to simply serve as some kind of a fail-safe with... At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Uh, Booker and Freeman serving as the tip of the spear until Philip Lindsay got right. So other than that, I mean, it's, it is what it is. The, here's where it gets a little bit more interesting, though, Zach. Wide receivers. The Broncos currently have eight players contributing to $18 million in cap invested in the position, which is, accounts for 9.14% of the t- total salary cap, which ranks them 18th in the NFL. Now, this is one of those weird positions in which I, when I was analyzing it and going through the article, I don't really see the Broncos, be, similar to the running back position, the Broncos have a lot of young players here that are talented on cost-controlled contracts. The only way I could really see this position being shaped, uh, shaked up, or shaken up, I should say, in free agency is if something changes with Emmanuel Sanders, if he's dealt, or which is extremely unlikely cut, more likely he'll be dealt if anything changes. Yeah, and, and if his contract comes off the books, this this number as a whole goes down even more. They'll probably be in the low twenties. So it's a good value when they have Cortland Sun under contract, Deshaun Hamilton, two starters, mm-hmm. and also Tim Patrick. Uh, Manuel Sanders, I agree with you. If the Broncos move on from him, they're going to prioritize that spot. They have to. They have to have an experienced, uh, you know, mentor type for the younger players. If they keep him, though, they're not going to add too much to that group. Maybe bring in a draft pick, but as a whole, that group is set with Sanders. Without him, um, they're going to put a little more resources toward it. The only thing I could see the Broncos doing as far as adding talent to the wide receiving core, if nothing changes with Emmanuel Sanders and he indeed remains on the roster and you know maybe he misses a game or two coming back from that Achilles, is 
he is 32 and we know, or he's going to be very soon here. And we know that this is going to be his last year in Denver, irregardless, even if he's, he ends up sticking around, this will be his last season as a Bronco. And so with, especially with Joe Flacco and if the Broncos end up getting a player like Drew Locke in the draft, they're going to need a burner. They're going to need a speed demon who can stretch defenses vertically which they don't really have outside of Emmanuel Sanders on the roster. They have a lot of other great niche and and also very versatile players, but none that are really speed demons that are stretching the field. So I could see them using a, a relatively even high pick if they found the right guy. Eric Trickle has written some interesting articles showcasing some speed demon type wide receivers. One guy in particular we've talked on the podcast about before, and Penny Hart, who would really make a lot of sense. And he wasn't invited to the Combine, which surprises me, Zach. So we're not going to get an up-close look or an opportunity to talk to Penny Hart in Indianapolis this week, but he's a player to keep an eye on as a possibly similar player skill set-wise and impact-wise as Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about Sanders because I will hedge my bet and say uh, his return to the Broncos is contingent on his recovery. If he can be close to being cleared for week one or thereabouts, I'd bring him back and eat his salary. But if he's going to be on PUP or IR and he's not going to be available, I would look to move on. And in that case, I could see maybe a third-round draft pick, another high-round draft pick. But they used a second and a fourth last year on receivers. They have a, a star veteran under contract still if they have it as of now with the current players i personally don't see though um anything higher than a third round draft pick you know now that i think about it it's kind of disappointing to think of what could have been with isaiah mckenzie in perhaps a a different coaching environment because you talk about a speed demon and a guy who could ostensibly stretch a defense i mean there you go last year you said it the broncos invested two picks in the in the wide receiver position after doing the same thing the year before in Carlos Henderson and Isaiah McKenzie. So what could have been, we'll never know. But Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he's a guy that could have fit that bill possibly. He looked good in Buffalo too. If you caught him toward the tail end, he was right. being used as a running back on special teams as a receiver. Good coaching makes all the difference, yeah. Chad. You know it as well as I do. And the Bills, I, I hate to say it, they had a better offensive system for Isaiah McKenzie, and they got some juice from that lemon. you got to have vision, and that's just not something yep. – Bill Musgrave, unfortunately, brought to the table in his two years as, as well, a year and a half as OC for the Denver Broncos. So Death by inches. Death by inches, indeed. <laughs> now we move on here to the tight end position. Now this is one I talked about in the written article, look for the Broncos to spend some dollars here, and, and you'll see why. Three players currently contributing to only $1.9 million in cap invested at the position, which is less than 1% of the total salary cap, which ranks them 28th in the NFL. I was actually surprised, Zach, it didn't rank them dead last. So right. they're, they're ranked 28th uh, as it relates to the tight end position. Jeff Hireman poised to hit free agency coming off of that injury that ended his season. You still got Jake Butt and Troy Fumagalli as talented players who have some upside, but they're complete unknown quantities that the Broncos certainly can't count on. You can't plan around them. So we know that Joe Flacco is a quarterback in particular who has really utilized the tight end throughout his career as his kind of you know security blanket. So I could see the Denver Broncos going out and peeling off a few million of their available cap this coming March to bring in a guy like, name your guy, Demetrius Harris, 
there's a few guys out there who are worthy. There was also that um, Deion Sims, who was just cut from the Chicago Bears, who has obviously some familiarity with Vic Fangio. So I could. I think Jared Cook too. Jared I mean, Cook. It's, yep. it's a pretty good free agent market for them. So we'll see what happens there, but they got to upgrade that position, Zach. Yeah, I mean, this is a scary situation right now because you nailed it. You can't uh, depend on Butt or Fumagalli. Both guys had washout seasons. Uh, Butt had another ACL tear. Fumagalli had uh, sports hernia surgery. They need a veteran among this group. And if they don't re-sign Hireman to maybe a, a short-term, uh, low-money deal, they got to go out and get a veteran here because they cannot at all rely on, like you said, Flacco, who had Todd Heap in the past, and he came on with Mark Andrews last year. Yep. He loves having his tight end, and they have to have a veteran. So, um, um, I agree with you. They have to. Um, I can even see your boy TJ from Iowa being a, a, a sneaky, <laughs> sneaky uh, pick at number 10 overall. So yeah. they have to prioritize that. It has to be among the bigger priorities after quarterback, you know, the secondary, inside linebacker, tight end is right there. I would be upset if the Broncos took TJ Hawkinson with a player like Drew Locke on the board. Dwayne Haskins, and maybe, maybe even Kyler Murray. But if all three of those quarterbacks are off the board and the Broncos at pick 10 grab TJ Hawkinson, I would be stoked. I mean, that that's a player that, I mean, he has the ability to be something really special, and not only as a pass catcher, but as an edge-setting run freaking demolisher as a tight end in line. So he could really help boost the Broncos' running game as well. So that's certainly a possibility at pick 10. Now, we move on. We already touched on offensive line. $17 million, Zach, invested in cap dollars. 8% of the cap basically ranks them 30th. So only two other teams have less money. But one thing to keep in mind is the Broncos have four players uh, who you could say were starters, including Matt Paradis, Jared Veldir, Max Garcia, and Billy Turner hitting unrestricted free agency. So I could see the Broncos signing one, maybe two of those guys to come back, but they're also probably going to grab at least one other guy from the outside to bring in. And also, let's not forget that if um, Mike Munchak does a really good job with Garrett Bowles and he becomes a a pretty good starter, they're going to have to pay him some serious money because franchise left tackles are not easy to find and they cost a lot to retain. So they have to start hedging their bets as to what they want to do. Ronald Leary's contract sticks out like a sore thumb. It's almost 5% of the cap. Um, He's around for this year, but I think he'll be gone next year, obviously. They have to start thinking what they want to do in terms of the future. They don't really have any future starters on the roster. We talked about this last year with Valdir when he went down. They don't have any guys that have been grooming at tackle. They have to start thinking about that. And they made a good first step toward that and wanted to bring back Billy Turner, reportedly. If they do that, if you get a dependable guy who can start, can play multiple spots, um, is you know reliable, knows the system, that's a guy they look to bring in. But they have to start thinking about the future because they can be costly with Bowles and Mike Munchak uh, down the road. Yeah. Here we go to defensive line on the other side of the ball, fellow trenchmen. They are the Broncos investing $20 million in cap dollars in D-line, which represents about 10% of their cap, which ranks them about middle of the pack. They're 17th in the NFL. Now, it's a unique situation because you've got Shelby Harris as a restricted free agent. Things are up in the air with regard to Derek Wolf. He's under contract for 2019, but there's been talk that he might be restructured to lower his cap hit, extend him another year or two so he could retire as a Bronco. But if the news on Jonathan Hankins is any indication, what we heard about Domita Pecco and Zach Kerr, I mean, there's some things shaping up, some balls in the air. Uh, I could see the Broncos spending, not overspending, but grabbing one or two kind of under-the-radar utility guys like Hankins to come in and bolster the unit. 
Yeah, I'm with you. They need some veteran guys back there, need some depth. They can't really rely on Demarcus Walker. Uh, Gotsis doesn't really offer much against the pass. But on on spot track here, they count Bradley Chubb as a defensive lineman, so they have to take away uh, that 3% from their value and add it to the linebackers. Other than that, though, you're paying Wolf, but uh, Walker's on his rookie deal. Gotsis on his rookie deal. They have Lyons, who is a kind of a, a bottom-of-the-roster type. They're getting good production there, uh, but Wolf sticks out. I could see him taking a pay cut, and I'm with you. I can see the Broncos bringing in like they did last year with McDonald. Uh, some more veteran guys. All right, then we have the linebacker position. The Broncos have a whopping $42 million tied up in the position. That counts Vaughn Miller's mammoth of a contract. 21.3% of their cap dollars tied up in the linebacker position, and that's like quarterback money, basically. But it's spread over eight different players, the majority of which, though, is absorbed by Vaughn Miller. But that ranks them second in the NFL in terms of cap dollars invested in linebacker. Yeah, it's you're paying Von Miller like a franchise quarterback, but look at Brandon Marshall, over eight million. Todd Davis, five million. One of those guys has to go, and that we—that's obviously Brandon Marshall. He'll come off the books, and you have Josie Jewell. He's under a million. You have Jeff Holland. That's five hundred and seventy thousand. AJ Johnson, five seventy. Those are two guys who could be future starters, and they have them under contract for nothing right now. That's what the Broncos have to start doing—is taking advantage of that. Jeff Holland could be that Shaq Barrett type, that r- rotational linebacker. He's under contract for nothing right now they have to start shedding these massive deals though because they don't they spread them out but when when they don't when they're all clumped together they're in some pretty bad spots yeah last one here is the secondary 13 players contributing to total cap investment in 2019 of just over 25 million 12 percent of the cap that is ranks them 18th in the nfl in cap dollars invested in the secondary now This is another number that is going to create a little bit of false positive because we both have a hard time seeing Darian Stewart surviving to the 53-man roster this year. He might end up being a later cut in the in the season because of the way it works with uh, you know post June 1st cut liabilities. There's ways the Broncos can navigate that for as minimal a hit as possible and as as beneficial of a of a roster move as possible. But this is a position in which I could see the Broncos upping that percentage of their cap investment going out. We've talked about Adrian Amos signing a guy like him, perhaps signing another veteran corner to come in and compliment Chris Harris, compliment Isaac Yadam. We don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Roby, even though most signs point to him probably hitting the bricks, but that's another position to keep in mind. The secondary is going to be a huge point of emphasis this offseason. A lot of moves there, a lot of splash moves. I don't see Roby coming back. I don't see Yadam starting. They're going to get a starting cornerback and a starting safety. Uh, Stewart's a goner. Uh, Simmons is coming back. I could see Stuart Cravens, though, also being released. I-, I would bring back DeMonte Thomas. He was a good player for them. Jamal Carter's coming back. Trey Marshall uh, looked good last year. They have some good players in that secondary that are cheap, but they need a starter. And Adrian Amos, to me, is a no-brainer for them. He's going to be less expensive than Landon Collins, more available, knows the scheme. They need a starter. He's young, athletic, be a perfect pair for Justin Simmons. Uh, they're going to make a lot of moves in the secondary, and I would start with Adrian Amos. All right, we still have a little bit more to discuss. On the other side, we're going to talk about six franchise, possible franchise-caliber quarterbacks in the 2019 draft. But first, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, so one last thing, and then we will get out of here. I want to touch on I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So another uh, premise, an article that uh, I published late last week, 
was, you know, we have this, first of all, let me just back up for a second. We have this. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling with queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details trope that uh has steadily been lessening as we get closer to the draft but it still persists and that is that the 2019 quarterback class is just lackluster and while it might be true that compared to the 2018 class you know it's it's a far cry i have increasingly become more adamant that there are some interesting franchise caliber players quarterbacks in this class. And so I wrote an article in which I highlighted three players that have franchise upside that could be had in the first round, and then perhaps three quarterbacks later in the draft who possess similar upside or at least some of the franchise type of skill sets that you look for that might meet, you know, might need a year or two development behind a veteran, a la, you know, like mid-round guys, later round guys, even like Russell Wilson's of the world, uh, Nick Foles. Uh, you got Jimmy Garoppolo as a second rounder, Derek Carr as well. So they, n- mo- even though the numbers point to Zach that you know if you really want a franchise quarterback, they're typically top ten picks. That's where they come from. There are a few outliers, and so those are the guys I also want to talk about. But I'm going to serve these over to you. The first guy that I touched on as having some franchise upside is Dwayne Haskins. What's your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins as it pertains to a 2019 draft and whether or not you see him as a bona fide? franchise caliber in potentia granted quarterback i see franchise traits from haskins but he's a little too inexperienced for me right now and he's a little too unrefined as a passer if he works on those two things um experience obviously and and learning the tools of the nfl and the mechanics and just the time it takes to you know apply your draft your craft in the nfl he could be a franchise quarterback but out of the gates in this class he doesn't really rise to the top that doesn't say too much about him um i think elway will like haskins more when he sees him up close but whether he likes him more than drew lock i just don't know i think lock has more of the traits um that elway covets and that's the second guy that's i i see as having some franchise upside that, that you're probably gonna have to spend a first round pick to get is Drew Locke. And obviously, just as I wrote in the piece, Locke is a guy who checks off a lot of the boxes that we know makes John Elway weak in the knees. And the buzz tying Locke to the Broncos has been just absolutely copious. So your thoughts, we talked about it before, but I think we're on the same page that there's a lot to like there with regard to Locke. He might need a little bit of refinement, might need a little bit of time working with the coaches to get his technique down and his footwork down, but the upside is there. 
It is, and it's all relative, too, because if Locke was in last year's class, he'd be, what, a third-round draft pick? And this year, he's a potential top-ten pick. So in this class, I think he's the best for the Broncos. Big arm, tall, conventional quarterback. John Elway tends to love and, and be smitten by, which he is already. And when he sees him in, in, in Indy, um, I think it's just going to confirm all he's seen so far, and he will be the number one player on the Broncos' big board in April. That's what I believe. Kyler Murray, do you see, now take away the outside concerns, MLB, all that. Just factor it on his height, weight, his ability, his natural arm talent, which he might be the most talented from an arm perspective quarterback in this class, notwithstanding his height. What about Kyler Murray? He's the most exciting. He has that playmaking potential, definitely like a Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. Physically, there's not much not to like about him other than his height. If you can get over that, if you can uh, scheme around that, you have a potential franchise quarterback. So I like him, but his off-field stuff and his attitude, those are the things that are the biggest red flags to me about Kyler Murray. Okay, now we get into some of the the three dark horses that I see as having uh, the most markers for franchise ability. And now, again, these are guys who might take a little bit more time to develop a year or two, possibly on the bench behind a, a stopgap or a veteran but could pay off some dividends down the road, first being Brett Rippon from Boise State. Your thoughts on Rippon? I like him. I think he's he could be a steady starter in the NFL. Maybe not, obviously, like an all-pro like an Aaron Rodgers, uh, but a steady guy I think you can win with, like an Andy Dalton type. And I think right. for the Broncos, uh, that's exactly what they need right now. Like I've been saying, they don't need an all-pro pro bowler. They need a steady hand under center who won't turn the football over, and that's what Ripian offers. The Broncos met with them already last month. They like what they've seen. I definitely agree with you. I think he has some sneaky dark horse potential uh, to, be, to succeed in the NFL. Next guy is Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. I mean, if you just look at him, he absolutely looks the part of an NFL prototype quarterback, and he does have some arm talent, maybe not quite as on par as, say, Drew Locke, but his issue has been lacking consistency. His technique at times is atrocious if you go and watch his tape. His feet especially are just all over the map. But similarly to to Rippon, this is a a player in Stidham who could come in, learn, develop behind Flacco for a year or two, and eventually be groomed to be a starter. But what, what are your thoughts on Stidham? I think we're sharing a brain on this. If the Broncos go the route where they're going to pass on a quarterback in the first round and right. wait until the mid-rounds, this is the guy I would want. I think this is a guy that would thrive under Scangarello. It's the perfect clay for him to mold. I mean, he's worked with young quarterbacks in the past, and he's like a kind of like a Nick Mullins, a bigger arm, maybe not the biggest arm, but has some talent there yeah. and can succeed in the NFL. So um, that's another guy. If they don't go lock in the first round, I would absolutely be okay with Stidham in the middle rounds. Then here's the last guy, and we know he's probably going to be late round. He wasn't invited to the combine. He might even be a player that slips all the way out of the draft. Even though I'll be the first, I'll say this now on record: this is pre-combine, pre-pro days, and all. But I don't think Eric Dungey slips out of the draft. I think some team is going to take a flyer on him, notwithstanding, uh, as Eric Trickle has explained to us, the reason why he's not higher on on the list and and boards is because of his injury history. But, I mean, basically imagine all the compelling and good attributes of Tim Tebow as it relates to the quarterback position, notwithstanding all of his issues and drawbacks, but take all the good things about him. Now, imagine he were right-handed and – possessed some actual arm talent and some passing acumen. That's what I see in Eric Dungy, the same competitive spirit, the same kind of maybe not quite as many LBs on his frame, but that that similar big frame, 227 pounds, six foot four, unafraid to take on 
uh, tacklers, and that's what's kind of gotten him into trouble. But he is a competitor. He's got a big arm. He's got some passing talent. This is a guy that, to me, like let's as you said, like maybe Drew Locke's gone. You know, Haskins, Murray, they're off the board. So the Broncos do something else with pick ten. They go Devin White. They go T.J. Hawkinson. Maybe a defensive lineman. I would be okay with if that's the way it shook out. If you got a guy like Eric Dungey later in the draft to come in, and similarly to what. Chad Kelly did for the Denver Broncos before he went off the rails, provided some upside excitement, some some franchise tools, wasn't able to put them all together in the short time he was with the Broncos. Dungy a much more uh, steady, consistent player than Kelly even, and bring him in, let him learn behind a similar player in Joe Flacco with a big arm and see what happens in a year or two. I was just going to bring up Chad Kelly, and if he can get a, a flyer as a seventh-round pick, so can Dungy. All it takes is one team to fall in love with the intangibles that you mentioned, and I believe he will get a shot in the sixth or seventh round. Um, I would not mind the Broncos to be the one to take the chance on him. I just would not want the Broncos to wait that long to get a quarterback. They have to prioritize it to me within the first or third round. So I think uh, Dungy would be a nice addition to the team. I think he would be a, a better developmental prospect elsewhere, but I think he will get a shot, and he will be drafted. Yeah, so we'll see how it shakes out. But that's all the time we have for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, episode 215. It's been quite the ride. You guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another compelling, interesting conversation as it relates to your Denver Broncos. We'll talk a little bit of combine. We'll talk a little bit of draft. We'll talk a little bit of free agency. We'll see We'll see how it shapes up. But in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter. Once again, at HuddleUpPod. You can find Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Don't forget to leave that creative review. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Crucial to helping us grow and reach new listeners. But in the meantime, I'm Chad Jensen for Zach Kelberman. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.